Hey everybody, welcome to the first episode of uh, the Everything is Beautiful podcast. So I don't really know what this is going to end up being like. Uh, this first episode, I listen to a lot of podcasts, so I should have an idea of a format, but I really don't. Uh, it's going to just kind of evolve depending on who I have on, who I you know get in touch with, what sort of stuff is in the news or on my brain or whatever. Um, I don't know how many of these I'll do. I don't know how often they'll come out. If you like them, then maybe I'll put them out more. If you don't, then you don't listen to them. Um, but so today for my first episode, uh, I have my Twitter friend and recent real life friend, uh, Kira on. You can follow her on Twitter at, uh, it's, it's Kira Adair, right? It's Kira Adar, actually. Adar. Everyone gets my middle name wrong. <laughs> okay, so that's it's Kira Adar. Um, so I've been following her on Twitter for several years. Um, you were kind of one of my first Twitter friends um, when I was first getting into it. Really? One of the first? I didn't know that. I just know we've been following each other for, like, what, close to three, four years now? Yeah, it's... I mean, I was probably on Twitter for like six months um, before I started following you. So yeah, I mean, two thousand like ten, I would say. Oh man, two thousand ten—that's five years. Dang. Yeah, we're both getting old. Um, yeah. <laughs> but so yeah, so we followed each other for like five years. Never met each other. Always kind of talked about it. But you—you you were in Minnesota, and I was in the South, so that was not really going to happen. Um, and then this summer. I was out visiting my grandparents who live in Las Vegas. Uh, we were having like a big family reunion. So I was out in Vegas and, uh, I don't remember exactly if I tweeted about it or if you texted me or if I saw you tweet about it, I think maybe that was it. Um, or maybe Snapchat. I don't remember. It's all social media. Um, but I saw that you were in Vegas for EDC. So now one, I was in Vegas and I knew it was Electric Daisy Carnival. So I was a little bummed out already because, I mean, it wasn't something I'd planned on going to. I, I knew it would be cool, you know, like that and Ultra would both be rad to go to. But I never really planned on it. Um, I just kind of knew it happened. Found out when I got there that it was EDC weekend. I actually have another friend on Twitter um, who was out there, Haiti uh, Haywood, or I don't know, t something like that. I don't remember if that's her handle or her name, but she was also out there for EDC. I think she was working it, but found out you were out there and, uh, we were texting and chatting and stuff, ended up getting to hang out a little bit while we were out there, which was pretty cool. So I was thinking you could tell a little bit about your EDC experience. Um, and, and then I'll tell about mine. You know, keep it maybe, I don't know, PG-13. I don't know who's going to listen to this. I'll put an explicit label on it, but I, okay. like I, you know, I don't know what the format's going to look like yet. So, you know, if you have to omit a couple details, uh, you know, we all know. So, <laughs> so go ahead and talk a little bit about EDC. Okay, well, EDC, this was my first year officially I was supposed to go last year but I ended up not being able to go because tickets sold out in the first day 
And this year, I waited on pins and needles online, waiting for tickets to go up. I got them in January. So I was well set way before EDC came. EDC weekend was finally here. I flew out from Colorado with a bunch of my friends, got to Vegas, was super, super, super stoked. We ended up staying at the Grand downtown, so we were a little bit off of the Strip, which was nice, because apparently a lot of stuff was going down on the Strip. There was a bunch of crazy things happen. And so, EDC, in a nutshell, the best way I can describe it, just like the whole experience was so amazing. First day was was sober day, so everyone was all in their right mind. We went out there, we all got super dressed up. I went with a ton of my best friends, so it was like one of the coolest experiences ever. I was able to share it with a lot of people who I'd already shared a lot of my life with, which was really cool. Um, most of day one, I kind of spent just walking around, and it was mostly about the rides. They didn't really have a lot of people besides, like, Calvin Harris and Carnage, and I think Excision played on the first day. And those are really the only people who I wanted to see on day one. So most of day one was kind of wandering around, meeting new people, doing all the rides. The zipper ride was terrifying. I almost lost my phone and my wallet on that ride which would have been very devastating for me because I am very much so into Snapchat. I was on Snapchat pretty much the entire time I was at EDC. You were living EDC through my Snapchat story. Yeah, (laughs) your stories, yeah. They're like 200 seconds long. (laughs) Yeah, I think I got up to like 513 on day, day three, I think. So there was definitely a lot of Snapchatting going on. Um, and then day two was a little bit more of like a party time. We went to a couple of the pool parties that had been hosted by like Dylan Francis. And I think Skrillex showed up to one of the pool parties we went to. And But I got to meet Dylan Francis, which was really cool. I didn't have my phone on me, though. So I didn't get a picture. So no one really believes me that it happened. But I met him. <laughs> he was walking around. and I was like, I know you. Come here. I want to say hi. So I got to meet him, which was really cool. And then, I can't remember, did we meet on the second day? Was that the second day, or was that the third day that we hung out? We hung out on Sunday, so... Okay, so that was the last day, for sure. And then, I'm trying to remember, second day was pretty much, like, back-to-back music for me and the group of people I was with. I think we got there at, like, 7, and we were there until, like, 6 in the morning. And we were, like back to back to back to back to music we were running around trying to get to each of the stages you know and they're so far apart it takes forever so we're like running around like crazy dodging people like trying to get to like the shows that we wanted to see i think we only missed like one or two people who we wanted to see but there was like a good 15 people we had on a list of people we were trying to watch and my favorite show definitely was day two and day two was the bigger of the carnage shows which was in, I think it wasn't in, I think it was in Base Pod. So it has like this huge kind of dome that goes over the top of the stage. And they had these really cool circular lights that they were like dropping and then raising and were kind of spinning. So it was like really, really, really cool light show. And that was definitely my favorite show to watch because that show was crazy. I think when I came back home and I kind of was looking online to see what they had said about EDC, I think that was one of the biggest 
shows that had been played, there was something like 15 or 20,000 people watching his set, which I thought was insane because I was like way up front. So I couldn't even see behind me. I had no idea how many people there were. Yeah, that's, that's nuts. Like, I know, you know, Excision, uh, I'm familiar with Excision. I really like, he was, when I was getting into dubstep, like true dubstep, he was one of the, the ones I liked because he was a lot more aggressive, didn't have a whole lot of like uh, slow jams, which, you know, they have their place. But when I'm listening to like dubstep, for the most part, I'm not listening to it to like chill out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Saturday, you guys, it was pretty much rave all night, sleep all day sort of deal. Yeah, pretty much. That was definitely a brutal time going back to the hotel, trying to stay awake in that hour-long bus ride back from the field was brutal. We kept, we were like, no, you can't go to sleep in the bus. You'll never get up. You'll never get up. You have to wait till you get back to the hotel. And I don't even think I took my outfit off. Like, when we got back on that night, I'm pretty sure I fell asleep on top of my bed with, like, my fairy wings still on and everything. <laughs> yeah, that's how you do it. Um, and so that was that was Saturday, right? So we mm-hmm. we met up on Sunday, and that was a whole ordeal. Oh my gosh, I know. I will probably forever actually feel terrible about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we were we were trying to hang out on Sunday, and I had sort of a limited uh, amount of time because I was with family. But uh, you know, went to the hotel, met you for like forty five seconds. And you tried to catch a shuttle for the airport to get your tickets changed, which you couldn't, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, I, like, because I had, when I was waiting for you to come over, I had been on the phone with them for two and a half hours waiting on hold, trying to get a hold of someone because um, they had changed my ticket. So I was originally supposed to leave on Monday. Uh, I was supposed to leave on Tuesday. No, I was supposed to leave on Tuesday at, like, 11 in the afternoon, which was perfect because you know i needed time to recuperate to heal myself to calm down not be so tired and they switched my flight to monday morning at like seven in the morning and if you know anything about edc music plays from seven at night to six fifteen in the morning is the last set so i was freaking out because i was like oh my gosh it's sunday you know it's the last day i'm gonna miss the last two hours of music like they weren't supposed to change my flight. Like, why is my flight changed? So I sat on the phone waiting for them for like two and a half hours. And then, you know, I finally got a hold of someone and they're like, you know, it's just like, it's so busy. Like the only way you're going to be able to change this is if you go to the airport. And that's when I knew you were already on your way over to my hotel. Yeah. And I didn't have my own like transportation. So if I, you know, for me, it was like my parents were dropping me off and that was it. Either Either I could then, or I, that was, like, couldn't do it at all that whole weekend. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. you didn't get your flight changed, did you? No, no. They said that because I didn't have, like, flight insurance, that I couldn't change it, even though they were the ones who changed my flight in the first place. So, I basically, you know, it took me, like, an hour and a half to actually get to the airport, because I took a shuttle, so they were dropping people off at other places, you know, going all over the strip, and then we went to the airport, and then we get there, I waited there for, like, maybe an hour on the phone with a person sitting at, like, the front desk of, like, the airline, finally got a hold of someone, and they were like, sorry, you don't have insurance, 
we can't do anything even though we changed your flight. Yeah. And I was like, really? You couldn't just tell me this on the phone the first time I waited like two hours? It was a hot mess. Yeah, that that sucks. And like, so a little bit of background for people who don't know or who don't know like numbers. Uh, I just was looking today. I I actually did a little research. EDC this year they had like an average of one hundred thirty five thousand people a day, um, just at EDC. And Vegas is built to handle crowds, but it's not really built to handle crowds like that. Especially when you know it's ninety percent people who are on some substance or another or multiples and are not necessarily functioning properly. Um, it was the whole weekend that, I mean, Vegas was packed full of people that you wouldn't normally see. The city wasn't really built to take it. Um, so everything was slowed down. Everything was backed up, but it's true. But yeah, so that was, that was your experience, which was, good times and party and friends and all of that stuff. So my weekend was a little different. So we're having a family reunion. I know my mom's family very well because they all live within a couple hours before I grew up. My dad's family is scattered all over the country, New York, San Antonio, and Utah. Um, so we're all out there with my dad's family and I barely know my uncle's and I know his mom uh, and stepped out a little better because they visited us, but it was a, really a bunch of people I didn't know. So the, that is, in itself is uncomfortable, right? I'm a little awkward. Um, I have a little social anxiety, and I don't like messing a lot with people that I barely know. And we were spending eight hours a day with them. Um, so sitting around at my grandparents house just talking to my family and my mom said you know don't be on the phone texting people right be engaged be part of the family which is normally not a big issue for me but again it's a whole bunch of people that I have nothing to talk about with um so that was really really thrilling um on top of the fact that I know that around me, Electric Daisy Carnival is happening, and all of these awesome artists are there performing, and Bowers there, and Calvin Harris is there, and Diplo, and all these guys are performing, and I am in a house in North Las Vegas listening to my uncles talk about the Air Force. And I have nothing against the Air Force, but I mean, come on. It's not, like, the most uh, exciting topic in the world. So that was my Friday and most of my Saturday. So Saturday, I worked my parents, um, convinced them to let me go to a pool party, right? It was uh, Crisley and Flux Pavilion were playing at the Hard Rock the Rehab, at, the, at that rehab pool. So I've been to shows before. I know how it works. You know, you get... You don't get there when the doors open because they don't actually start when the doors open. But I figure an hour, hour and a half, we should be good. Right? So the pool party started at 11. My time with family didn't start till 4. So I figured I got a good window here, right? I can go. I can. The first hour is going to be nothing, but I go hang out at the pool and, and then catch Crisley and Flex Pavilion. I've seen Crisley before. 
uh, Lights All Night. And he was awesome. I hadn't seen Flex Pavilion. I was like, this is going to be pretty rad. Get there at 11. Nothing's going on. You know, they just have some, like, house music or whatever. So I wait, 12, 12.30. And I'm thinking, okay, 12.30. You know, it's probably time to get this thing moving. Nothing's happening. 1 o'clock, nothing's happening. One thirty, nothing's happening. 2 o'clock, they bring out an opener. And, you know, he wasn't bad, but, I mean, I didn't come to see him. And, you know, it was, it was okay, but opener plays for a little while. He leaves. Next opener comes on. So I had to be out of there by, like, I think two, 3 o'clock, 3.15 maybe. Um, so it's 2.45, and Crisley is setting up, and I have to leave at 3.00. And I was so frustrated because I also I dropped like fifty bucks on that on that pool party to go see Grizzly, and they started setting up at three, and I had to leave. And <laughs> and it was the most miserable experience. I mean, it, it it wasn't all bad, right? I got to hang out in the pool for a few hours. Vegas that weekend, it was a hundred and twelve most days. Um. It was it was nice to get out of the heat, but seeing him set up and looking at my phone, knowing that I had to head out, I was like, it was it was a real bummer. So then Sunday, so after our the travel portion of our podcast where we just talk about catching shuttles and airplanes, um, we did actually hang out on Sunday. And it you know it was cool. It was good to meet you and and whatnot. Didn't end up having a whole lot of time. Unfortunately. Um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a bummer. Um, but I mean, it was just really interesting to see sort of how our weekends like linked up, and we were actually able to hang out. But also just the difference in <laughs> what you did and what I did. And, yeah. and I love EDM. I don't even do Molly, but I love EDM. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So that was that was a real great a story. Real yeah, that was a great story. Um, I'm sure that by now everybody that has started listening to this is just waiting anxiously for the next one of these I, I record. But we'll now move into the... Uh, pop culture section of the podcast and I'll, I'll set it up a little bit so I was thinking recently about uh, Avengers Age of Ultron and it was a great movie, I really liked it but I couldn't help feeling while I was watching it that there was too much content for the amount of time there was on screen there's all these new characters that were introduced and they didn't really get any time to breathe, right? I was thinking what would be better, and I don't know how you'd work this, but what would be better is if instead of a movie, they took it and did a miniseries. Something like um, like Band of Brothers or The Pacific, or the, like the way they do Sherlock, right? So Sherlock is like an hour and 40 minutes, and they only do three episodes, but each episode has plenty of room to sort of stretch out and give you backstory. 
Now, did you saw Avengers a couple times? What did you think? Um, I personally actually didn't really like it. The first time I saw it, I was kind of like, "This is like a really big mashup." There was like too much going on. There was like too much like in depthness, like with everyone. Like I feel like everyone had like a super huge backstory that they like just kind of just kind of brushed. Didn't really get into it, and then. I left the theater feeling really, like, confused. I wasn't even sure what I had really saw, just because it felt just kind of like a mashup of, like, a bunch of different things. And then I went and saw it maybe, like, two or three days later because I couldn't figure out what was going on and I needed to go watch it again. And then I still didn't like it. I thought it kind of sucked, to be honest. <laughs> that's a real uh, that's a real interesting <laughs> uh, perspective. Now... Bear in mind, you don't have to agree with me to be on the podcast. For anybody else who wants to be on the podcast, you don't have to agree with my opinion that they put too much in the movie. But no, I I do agree. I don't. I didn't think it sucked. But I'm a I'm a nerd to an extent, and I I'm not a huge like comic book guy, but I do enjoy them. And I had no idea who the Vision was. Right? Like, I like Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. I know who they were. I really feel like they could have used some more story time. Just, you know, sort of to understand the characters better. Because they had, like, a, a one-minute exposition scene where they talk about their family, and that was it. And you don't even really know if you should be on their side or not. Um, but the vision came out of nowhere at the end. Mm-hmm. And... I don't think that most people knew who he was. I had to Google him to figure out who that character was. And apparently he has a pretty rich, like, comic book story. And I don't Mm -hmm. blame Joss Whedon, right? I really like Joss Whedon, and I've read a couple interviews. He did the best he could. But it, it really is sort of like I was saying. There was so much they had to cut out to make it, and it was still over two hours, right? It was a long movie. It was a really, really long movie. My butt was definitely asleep at the end of that. Listen, we don't want to hear about that. Um, <laughs> but that aside, yeah, it, it and three quarters of the movie is over, and then all of a sudden, new character is introduced. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, is he a good guy? Is he a bad? I mean, it it really popped up, and when he was coming out of that case. My first instinct was that this was going to be a new, different fight scene. Mm-hmm. Also, the the intro fight scene, really, I did not like. It felt way too, like, goofy. But, <laughs> but I just feel like this is something that's going to come up more and more as TV is getting way better. I think TV is better than movies. And I stole that from Doug Benson. <laughs> but... I agree with him. I think TV now... I mean, think about all the shows that are on. Think about all the stuff on HBO, right? Mm-hmm. Movies... Movies are starting to lose their pull because we're so used to deep stories. And I would pick The Walking Dead and um, the other one. Fantasy, whatever it is. The... I need more background. I can help you. <laughs> yeah, it, that the Dothraki, whatever that one is, Game of Thrones. Yeah, oh, there I don't. You go. I don't watch either of those shows, so I'm not really in the in the know on those. But those movies have such deep stories, 
and they pull from such deep source material that you've got to get a lot of content to really do it any justice. So the Game of Thrones movies would not have been good, right, if they just made no. movies, because there's not enough time. So they'd, they'd make the TV series. Now, I don't know how you would do it, right, because you got to think about income. you got to think about revenue. Uh, we're now into the financial segment. So the the revenue stream from going to the movies is basic, right? Everybody knows how it works. Mm-hmm. If you were going to set it up and do, like, say you released it in, like, three parts and each part was an hour and a half, or you released it in six parts, like six 45-minute episodes or something. I don't know how you would monetize that, because, I mean, you could do it on Hulu, or you could do it on Vimeo or Netflix or something, right? There are ways to do it. But then you run into, like, viewing parties and stuff. You run into people just having their friends over to watch it. So now you only pay for one, but everybody gets to watch it. I mean, piracy exists, so it's not like they're getting all the money from the movie that people are watching, but they're still getting a much higher percentage than they would if they just released it. But I really think it would help drive buzz, too. Like, think about if you had, like, the Avengers movie, and it came out in six parts, and they released two parts over the course of three weekends. So you got part one and part two, Friday and Saturday or Saturday and Sunday. Saturday and Sunday would probably work best. So now everybody has the whole week at work to talk about the movie, to talk about the story and what's going on, what do they think is coming next, right? So now you keep that buzz going for a whole week. And then the, the next two episodes drop. And now you've got another week of buzz, right? And you run out of people who don't go see it because it's been spoiled the first weekend, right? I mean, I don't know how many people that is, but I'm sure there are people who just don't go see it because the movie came out, they didn't see it the first day, and then people told them how it ends. Yeah. And so now, you know, that's, I'm sure, a small percentage. I'm not the one to make these decisions. Um, I don't have that kind of power. But if I did, it would happen. And then you could release it as, like, a box set. You know, I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff. People would get more mileage, right? You get more content. You wouldn't have those claustrophobic stories where you don't feel like you have time to breathe. And, you know, you charge $3 an episode or something. So you actually charge more over the long run, but you give people, you know, four or five more hours of content than they would have had originally. Uh, I don't know. I think that would be an interesting concept. Yeah, I think you should maybe start looking at film production because that's a pretty good idea. (laughs) You might want to trademark that. Yeah, so, yeah, um, time stamp, it's 5.45, my time. Um, that idea is mine. I'm going to go ahead and take it to Universal and see what they think. <laughs> They're going to say, do you know how much money we made on that movie? You're crazy if you think that a few critics who felt like the movie was too full of plot and not enough exposition um, is going to change our minds. Also, have you noticed, this is a side note that I don't want to dwell on, but have you noticed that everything coming out now is either a remake or a sequel or a prequel? I cannot even handle that right now. I literally cannot even. I just saw the trailer for, what was it? They're doing a Toy Story 4. They're doing a Monsters, Inc. 2. They're doing Finding Dory. And I mean, like, these are all things, like, I am really excited for. 
But I was pretty sure that Toy Story was done. Toy Story was so done, the last movie, I mean, like, I bawled my face out in theaters for, like, a good 20 minutes, even after the movie had ended. I was still crying. Like, I think, like, I don't even know why so many people are, like, redoing movies, especially, like, ones from our childhood. I feel like a lot of movies that, like, are coming out now that are, like, you know, the seconds, the thirds, the fourths, are all things that we were watching when we were, like, kids. Like, yeah, well, we're on to Fast and Furious 7. And, uh, and again, you know, here's, here's why. Because they make billions of dollars. And they know it's a guaranteed moneymaker, right? They know if we put another Fast and Furious movie out, and, and to be fair, those are, they're not bad movies, right? It's just that Hollywood these days is much more afraid to take risks with new, untested um, movies because they cost so much to make, mm-hmm. right? A movie that costs $150 million to make, they're also spending at least $100 million in marketing. So they've got to make 250 to 300 million dollars just to clear that movie production, right? To clear the cost of it. So these are huge huge investments that we're making. And so movies like, you know, like one of my favorites is SLC Punk. Um movies like that, they don't get released on in theaters, right? They they still make people still make indie movies, but movies like that they they don't tend to get released like as gamble movies because studios are a lot more afraid to take that risk um there was a movie recently that's a good example of that but i don't remember what it is but you know (laughs) jurassic world and and a lot of these are properties i like i like jurassic park i like Mm -hmm. jurassic world it's a story that i think is cool but i mean jurassic world the avengers fast and furious um i'm trying to think what else came out this summer like Inside Out, I think is the only truly original movie that came out this summer that wasn't see, a I sequel or a prequel. Seen it. it was good. Don't watch it with your parents because it's all about like growing up and moving on and stuff, and it's really depressing. Um, oh. But it's a good movie. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was my review corner. Um, so I would say thirty minutes is a pretty good running time for this thing for now. Um, I like this is going to be a regular feature. It's the only regular feature I know of it, and where I'm going to recommend uh, some music that I listen to. So I'm going to pick probably three songs. And I might get the guest to recommend a song also. Um, generally, I'm going to pick one from three different genres. So I'm going to pick like a hip hop song. I'm going to pick uh, like an indie song and then I'm going to pick like rock. But when I say rock, I mean like, Hardcore, grindcore, stuff like that. Something pretty heavy. So my rap song of the week is by. It's called "Too Long" by G Fresh, um, G F R S H from his album Alfie. Um, he's a British rapper. I don't know anybody who's ever heard of him, but it's a really, really good song. If you like hip hop, it's less. Um, it's less Gucci Mane and more. Vince Staples, Earl Sweatshirt style. My rock song is Lay With Me by Sworn In. Uh, It is pretty heavy and dissonant. I really like it, though. I really like the lyrics. I really like their blend of, like, uh, aggressive, dissonant guitar and then a really 
oddly mellow um, chorus. And then my indie song of the week, I think is going to be um, Body Ache by Purity Ring. Uh, Purity Ring is like a electronica sort of dancey indie music, um, sort of shoegaze. Very, very interesting lyrics that I, I don't know if they actually mean anything or not, uh, but really interesting musically. So those are going to be my three. Uh, Too Long by G Fresh, Lay With Me by Sworn In, and Body Ache by Purity Ring. What about you, Kara? You got one? Uh, well, my I definitely change my musical tastes on the daily. I would like to think that I have a freakishly diverse taste in music. But right now, as of today, I have really, really been into Future. Okay. I don't know if you know who he is. I really like him. My favorite song by him right now is Fuck Up Some Commas. That's like my morning workout anthem. It's what I listen to when I'm prepping to go outside, go for my jog, before I go swimming, before I do anything that's really active. I just really like to listen to it because it just pumps me up so much. And it's not even like a really like, as far as rap goes, like it's not like the easiest thing in the world to run to. It doesn't have like a beat that's really made for any kind of like exercise or anything like that. But I really, really, really like it. And I've also really been into Back to the Ordinary by Kid Astray. That's like one of my favorite songs that I've heard in a while, actually. I really like it. And that's definitely way, way different genre. It's nowhere close to rap. I don't even know technically what they classify their music as. Okay. Um, I'm going to go ahead and put the, uh, like the names of stuff in the description of the episode i think that's going to be the easiest way to do it and um i think that is pretty much good uh this episode was full of nothing interesting to people but if you keep listening maybe the next ones will be and i'll figure out the format and i'll figure out what's all going on and i'll be a better interviewer and you know maybe i'll tell some jokes um you know but right now, you know, this is just testing it out. This is just, I kind of thought it would be interesting to have a podcast give me something to do in my spare time, which I have a lot of. Um, so that's, that I think is plenty to wrap up with. Do you have anything to add? Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Maybe if I ever get back on here, I'll have an answer next time. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see what the people think. I know of three people who are going to listen to the podcast at the moment. So if they vote to have you back, then, you know, we'll do it again. Uh, other than that, I think that's all for me. So thank you, whoever you are. Uh, I know Mandy is going to listen to this. So thank you. Um you know, I'll probably try to put another one of these up in a couple days since it doesn't really take a whole lot of resources for me to do them. Um, and go follow Kara on Twitter um, at It's Kara Adar, and I will put the link to that also in the episode. If you follow me on Twitter, you can tweet at me and ask me questions or suggest stuff for me to do uh, on the podcast next time. If not, then you know leave a comment um but that'll do it so 
I'm gonna go ahead and I'm really really good at wrapping things up so <laughs> this is probably a really solid closer um, you know it, it's really succinct and smooth and it's gonna leave you guys really feeling like it was effective but that's it for this episode of Everything Was Beautiful and next time maybe I'll have a sponsor bye <laughs>